Okay? So, if you remember what we've been dealing with is, are the blessings that deal with uh, the, both the beginning and the end. The last, brachot, the last Mishnah dealt with uh, the Shalosh Brachot, the what we say, Birkat Amazon, after the seven fruits of Israel, or whether we say um, the, Boremi, the uh, one that we refer to as, as well, the Me'en Shalosh. And then we had, the, we actually had, if you recall, the last time, two weeks ago, we actually took out the little benchers to check the text. And we saw that it was basically the same going back to Talmudic times. There were a couple of words that were different. Um, and that's where we finished last time. Uh, we'll continue now. And what's left basically is to um, deal with over what things we say a final blessing and what things we don't say a final blessing. Um, there are some good, I would say an Eitzatova, good advice on what things you should eat. Uh, and finally, it will end up with what things should be used are helpful for the body in terms of health. Um, and that will kind of finish off what we're going to do. Um, and the last phrase is something which is really very fascinating, which I'm not going to talk about today, but talk about next week. But actually, a very, very important phrase in terms of halakhic literature. Um, and I would say the, the, the whole way it's been moved from one generation to the next. So we'll wait till we get to that for next week. That's the, the push for next week. The Alpers will miss it, but you know, they'll have to make up on the test. That's all. Okay? We'll miss that. It'll be recorded. It'll be recorded. I'm recording right now, so we'll continue the class. So we are on Mem Dalet Amud Bet. Somebody want to read for us today? Nina, okay, first. Amar Rav Yitzchak Bar Avdimi Mishum Rabbeinu Al Habeya Ve'al Nine Kuf Rav Batchilam Varech Shahakol Okay, so Arar Yisakam Aravdim Mishum Rabbeinu. Since this is a Babylonian statement, it's probably Rav, who was their big teacher. Okay, Al Habea. Now the Bea is Beitza. Okay, it's interesting that if you if you go, you know, we there's a tractate on Beitza. Anybody know what it's about? It's all about the laws of Cholamoi to a large extent. And it begins with what happens if an egg is born on, on Yantav. Can you use it, not, not use it, etc. And, and much of it is the laws of Cholamoi. If you go into to the traditional community, they won't call it Beitza. They actually call it Be'a. Why? Well, there's a beitzim is another way of saying uh, that part of the anatomy. Right, that part of the anatomy, the scrotum of a male. Okay, the scrotum, the testicles. It is proper though; it's not just slang. It's proper. No, no, that's proper. The beitzim, it's called beitzim. Okay, and if you think of it, like the eggs. Okay, except that it's the sperm. Okay, so very often you'll, you'll listen, you'll hear. Yeah, I remember hearing beya. I'm studying beya. There's no beya. It's Beitza, okay? But that's, that's the way you'll hear it very often, what we call Lashon Nikia, which we've had before. Proper language, good language, etc. So, Allah Beitza, Kupra, Kupra's Basar, meat. Okay? Mevarech Shehakol, Lulavasok, Borene Pashot Rabot. Okay? So that's the first statement. That these are not, that, that under those conditions, that's what you say, both the beginning of the bracha and the end. Okay, go ahead. 
But yerakot, okay, which are vegetables, right? Lo. What does the lo mean? The lo means you don't say the blessing at the end. You clearly say a blessing beforehand. Okay, you don't have to add a blessing at the end. Rabbi Yitzchak Amar, Afilu Maya La. Okay, so you're a quote, yes, but if you're drinking water, the answer is no. Again, this is not the blessing before, it's the blessing after. Borene Fashot Rabot. Rav Papa Amar, Afilu Maya. Afilu Maya. So, what you have here then is all agree that you have to say the blessing beforehand. Question is. What is, what, is it, what is included in the blessing afterwards? To the first person, okay, to Rav Yitzhak Bar Avadimi, it is, you have to say for Beitzah and Basar, for eggs and meat, you say both before and after, which means that something is left out. Otherwise, he would have said everything. The understanding is that there's going to be an exception. The exception is Yerakot, vegetables. Rabbi Yitzchak comes and says, no, even Yerakot. But there is something that you don't say the blessing on, and that's Mayan, water. And Rabbi Papa says, Afilu Maya. Even water, you have to say, Borene Fashot Rabot. Okay, so you have three different opinions. They all agree on Beitzah and eggs and meat. The question is, what don't you have to say? One says you don't say it in vegetables. One says you don't have to say it over water, and one says afilumaya, which means basically everything. If you're going to say over water, which is something we drink all the time, everything. So you actually have now a difference of opinion of people who are in a later generation who are following the different opinions. Marzutra did it like Rav Yitzchak, which meant Yerakot Lo, and the Rav Shimi Bar Ashi did, I mean, Rav Yitzchak Bar Abdimi, and Rav Yitzchak did it for Rav Yitzchak, which is right. Even the Yarka, yes, but Mayim, no. Okay, so we have two, we clearly, this was a time when they didn't yet have a full halakhic opinion on what it should be. There were different opinions following different rabbis. Yeah. So, <clears throat> how does this comport with the idea that Birkat HaMazon, at the end of the meal, is more important or always has to be said? We're here, they're saying the thing at the end. Because it's Be'achalta V'savata. You're not satisfied. When you have water, you're not satisfied. When you have vegetables, you're not satisfied. If you have meat or beitzah, you have an egg, as we'll see, and they're going to talk about preparation of eggs. All right, that can be a meal already. That's the difference. And, and the symbol is, or the way to remember this is, one is like two, and two is like one. And what this actually means is, this is all, again, we've talked about this for many years now, this is all oral. How are you going to remember? Look at the names. I mixed it up even as I was reading it. Right? One is Ravi, Rav Yitzchak Baravdimi, and one is Ravi Yitzchak. How are you going to remember which one is which? Right? 
So they say, hold it that one is like two, and two is like one. <laughs> Meaning, Marzutra is Avad ke Rav Yitzchak bar Avdimi, Rav Shimi bar Ashi Avad ke Rav Yitzchak. To the Rav Yitzchak, the first one is, remember it's Rav Yitzchak bar Avdimi Mishum Rabbeinu, there's your two. And the two is Rav Shimi bar Ashi, it said, Gavad ke Rav Yitzchak. It's like one. You remember them, the names occurred to, to one, and the one according to two. It's like what we would call a mnemonic. Okay? You will have very often, and we've had this in the, in the Talmud as well, very often letters that are at the beginning of a section, and what do the letters mean? They simply mean, this is the way this paragraph or this sugya will go, because you need a mnemonic in order to remember it. How else are you going to remember Rav Yitzhak and Rav Yitzhak, who said one and what, and what said the other one? So they're giving you, when you have the two names, it's like one, one answer, and when you have the one name, it's like the two with the other answer. And that will at least click on in your mind of which is which under those kind of conditions. It's clearly a later addition, it's an addition thing, which is trying to tell you, because we already have different opinions on whom to follow, right? And how to follow them. How am I going to remember which one is which? Here's your siman. Here's your symbol on how to be able to do that. Okay. Ana zimna. Ravashi again is the end of the Talmudic period. Anazimna, I once, Dechimid Karna, Dalit is a Zion. Okay, when I remembered Avidna Kekulhu, I did it like everybody. And what is everybody in this case? Which means? Even after water. Even after water. Okay, so Ravashi, who is the end of the Talmudic period, with Ravina, basically says, I did it. Like all of them, which means I included all of them. Couldn't go wrong. But just yes over vegetables, yes over water, yes over the others as well. <coughs> okay, so this comes from, from another tractate. You can see you're going back to Hebrew. Right? Tanan is the Mishnaic or the, the, the Tanaitic Hebrew. Kol Shita'un Bracha Le'acharav. Everything that has a bracha after it also needs a bracha before it. And we spent time over the years, can remember this year a lot. Last year, remember saying, where does a bracha come from to recite it beforehand? Where does it come from the Torah? Good answer, it doesn't. It's the Rabbanan, it was to give gratitude. Remember? The afterwards is Vachalta Vesavato Verachta. Is this Birkat Amazon and all the other things, but the Abracha beforehand doesn't exist in the Torah. We talked about it in terms of gratitude and a sense of recognition of God's presence. We talked uh, last year at least and special Brachot and all those kinds of things that relate to this. So, if there's a Bracha afterwards, the concept is there has to be one beforehand. But there are times when there's a bracha needed before the act. We'll see what it means in a minute. 
but doesn't need one afterwards. So, wh- why would they bring something like this? Why? Why? why would they bring something like this? What are they trying to back up? Scratching their heads. Because the argument above was about that. Right, well, that there's certain that you can, to, according to what we say, Ravashi, everything is, has a bracha afterwards, will need a bracha beforehand. But there are times when you can say a bracha first, and you don't need one afterwards. So you may not need one over vegetables. You may not need over mayim. Right? That's the comes the proof to tell you that we don't necessarily have to follow Ravash. You said basically there has to be a bracha afterwards all the time, and of course one beforehand. There are times when you can have a bracha first, but don't need a bracha afterwards. Yeah. If you don't need a bracha afterwards, is it okay if you do it? No, you wouldn't. One would say necessarily not because it would be a bracha You would use God's names inappropriately. <clears throat> and you again, go back a couple of years when we studied Rabbi Pam Barmash's Shuvah on whether bracha beforehand and whether it says afterwards that the bracha Lovatala comes up. Okay, and that's what you don't... Okay, that's why all of this, if you recall, when we discussed different brachot and should, can we make up brachot, etc. Okay, and my response was, you have to be very careful because ultimately, if you're using God's names inappropriately... You're using God's name inappropriately, which is not considered to be a, 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 a good value. Let's put it that way. So that's why we're careful. All right. So when we say that's why we say Hashem and why we don't write God's name, all of that is part of that. So the answer is, do we, if it, if it's inappropriate to say a bracha, you don't necessarily say it. And I'll give the best example that I know of. Again, I actually at the shul that we're going to Keith and Cheryl Weitzman had a grandchild. I think that some of you know. I'm going to do a pidyon aben at the shul on Sunday morning, which is we don't have that many pidyon abens, needless to say. But somebody once, one of my first things in, in, in the rabbinate, somebody came to me and said, "Well, we'd love to do a pidyon aben, you know, but he was born by C-section or whatever the case would be." I said, "You really can't do it. Can we celebrate something on the 30th day to be able to celebrate the joy of having a child?" Sure. Let's figure out what's appropriate to recite at that point. But to say the bracha over a pidyon aben when you really isn't a pidyon aben, I'm not comfortable with that. So the same thing would apply here. Okay, Bishlama, it's we can understand the opinion according to Rav Yitzchak Bardimi, La Yarka. Okay, that you don't have to, you can say the bracha beforehand for your for your akot. You don't have to say it afterwards. For Rabbi Yitzchak, for Mayim, you can say it beforehand. You don't have to say it afterwards. But what about Rav Papa? Where if you can say a bracha beforehand and you don't have to say it afterwards, where does Rav Papa hold that? Because he says it, you say it for everything. And the response is, an answer actually you know. La puke meets vote. Okay, so you just lit Hanukkah candles, all of you, I presume, for eight nights, right? Right. You said the bracha beforehand, right? What bracha did you say afterwards? You didn't. You didn't. So there are times 
when you can recite a bracha beforehand that's not necessarily having to do with eating. Okay? Or the brachot nehenin, when you see a rainbow, when you hear thunder, those kind of things. All of those, we say a bracha beforehand. We talked about that in terms of the gratitude, etc. But there's no bracha afterwards. So Rav Papa can still hold this statement that he would say a bracha afrona afterwards for everything that he eats or drinks, but he could still say that there are times when you say a bracha beforehand and not one afterwards. And when is that? All of the ones and candlelighting, kiddish, sitting at a sukkah, listening to shofar, etc., etc., etc. And to the people of the West, who are the people of the West? In Israel, right? We're in Babylonia, so we're, this is the people in the West. There must have been a tradition for the people in the West, meaning in Israel, as they left Shul, they would actually thank God. And they would say, to keep his commandments, to keep his statutes, to keep his laws. Because ultimately, this actually is very fascinating. What are they really saying when they, what, at that point? What are they really saying as they're leaving Shul? Think of it. Think of it in the bigger picture. Thank you. That they're able? Okay, what else? Thank you. Huh? Thank you. But why? why? Safety. Maybe. Um, for safety. That they got out. Security? Okay. Why? Because we're thinking of Pittsburgh? No, not necessarily. Is it, is it this idea of thanking, that, thanking God that they made them Jews so they could go to shul in the morning? But they're leaving Shul. Well, if you don't know, you can't leave. I think it really is that it's very easy to be a Jew, a, a, a Jew in Shul. It's more difficult to be a Jew, good Jew out of Shul. And therefore, we thank God for giving us rules and statutes and laws and commandments outside of Shul as well. That's the challenge. I've said this many times. The challenge isn't, although I would could cite 31 years of different examples of being a good Jew in Shul, the challenge is when you get home, when you're in your business, when you're on the street, when you're in your classroom, etc., etc. That's the real challenge. So you're thanking God for giving you the laws and sanctifying you as you leave, not only for being there in Shul, but I think for living that kind of life outside of Shul, which is the real challenge. Who was it who said to be a Jew inside and on the street? Aleph Dalit Gordon. Yud Lamed Gordon. Okay. The real, he said, you should be a Jew inside your home and not a Jew outside your home. That was part of the Enlightenment. Okay? And eventually, um, Borowitz came and said, what's the problem with Judaism today? Who was a great reformed Jewish theologian? What was the problem with Judaism today? The real problem is Jews today. People like to be Jews outside their home, but not Jews inside their home. Okay? Identity and candlelighting and everything. But inside their home, in their real lives, Okay, that's the challenge he said that, uh, that we have today in this society. So, if indeed in the, in the Ma'arava, 
they would keep this, they would say this bracha after mitzvot, lapukemai, then what don't they, what do they have to do uh, in, in, to be able to keep this rule? Go ahead. Pukei reichane. Spices. Okay. When you smell something, even they would say you didn't have to say something afterwards. Okay. When you say v'samim, boremi name v'samim, or anything like that, even b'nei ma'arava would say. But with regard to something going to shul and doing whatever you did in shul and then walking out, even they had a, a bracha. A, a bracha. Um, Okay, well, 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 what? What's the meaning of that? La puke les la hotsi, to take out. Excluding. Let's do the next part and then we'll do the part in the bottom of the page. Amar Rabbi Yanai, Amar Rabbi. Kol shehu Okay, so here you'll see, you'll notice that you have it in Hebrew and Beitsa is used. You're going to see it back and forth. Amar Rabbi Yanai, Amar Rabbi. So we're in, okay, Rabbi is Rabbi Yudanasi, so we're in Palestine or in Judea. Now remember, Beitza is also a volume. Okay, like a, we've had this before, like a Zayat, like a Beitza, it's everything. Everything that is like a Beitza, meaning in volume or anything else, Beitza tovam menu. An actual egg is better than anything else. Okay? In other words, it's not just the volume, it's the egg itself, which is. Now, which, what is the volume of an egg? The volume of an egg is considered to be a medium egg. Okay, and you can look it up on your sheets. Maybe it has it there exactly what it is. Larry, you have one there, one chef. See if it says based on their volume or something. Okay? So, from that point of view, beitza as a volume, it's better to have a beitza than anything else that of the same book. He clearly believed that what, what the, that you didn't have to worry about cholesterol or anything else. That having an egg was something that was healthy. This we're now dealing with health. The original superfood. There you go. Okay. Now, why is not not there? Yeah. Okay. What does it say? Fifty cubic centimeters. Fifty cubic centimeters. My grandmother would say, Oh, yeah, like this, right? right. Well, how much you put in? Oh, no, that much. Right, right? And just glass of water. Just glass of water. Right. Okay, so, under those conditions, now, why, why would somebody like this in Judea say that there's nothing better than a Beitza? Yeah, it was the best thing available. Why? They built a lot of grazing land for cows and other. This because they were available. Okay, they were available. They had probably had chickens in their in their backyard. You didn't need a lot of room for grazing. You, this was time of persecution, but you could have a couple chickens in your backyard as such to to make eggs. A lot of our ancestors did that. We did it in Israel. Of course, and yeah. as man of the tzena. Everybody has a little uh, place in the backyard with chicken. Right, right. So uh, because it's eat, you don't need much space, and, and they continue to give you, you know, the protein and everything that you need. And if it doesn't work, you take the chicken, right? Soup. <laughs> All right, but what kind of egg? Ah, good. Now they're going to go into what kind of egg? Amar Rabbi Yanai, Amar Rabbi. No, no, uh, Akiyata Rami. The next sentence. We finished it. Okay, you finished that one already. Okay, next line. 
Ki ata ravin. Oh, ki ata ravin amar. Tava beata megugalta mishita kaise sulta. Okay, so. When Ki Ata Ravin, when Ravin came, these were people who moved back and forth between Eretz Yisrael to, Pal- to Babylonia. When he came from Eretz Yisrael to Babylonia, Tava, Tov, Be'ata. Here you see it in Aramaic, right? Uh, an egg is Ber Migul Gelet. Now, normally Migul Gelet would be hard boiled. Probably. Yeah, because it rolls. Right. It rolls. Right, it rolls. Also, you can... It rolls. Right, then it's hard. Probably that's what it means. Nishita kaise sulta. It's better than all kinds of of six volumes, whatever it is, of of flour. Okay? Meaning, it's good stuff. Okay? That kind of egg. Go ahead. Kiata rav dimi amar. Okay, so he comes and says, yes, this kind of egg, we'll call it a hard-boiled egg, is better than six. Okay, mitviata means roasted, is better than four. Mevushalta is boiled, cooked, you know, an egg already is, okay? Okay, that's the best. In other words, he's going up by grades and such too. Okay, except the var. If you're a carnivore, you would agree totally, right? Eggs are great, but meat is better. Okay, now remember that meat was not so plentiful. That's so it became uh, uh, you know something which was rare. And there was the whole concept that ain't simcha elavavasar v'yayin. Okay, that, that meat and yayin became the real sense of what a simcha is because they were, it was not available often. And, and you had the whole argument between Beit Shammai, between Shammai and Hillel of what happens if you found something good. Beit Shammai said, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, you can have it today. Hillel said, save it for Shabbos. Why? Okay, that's the, the play. Okay, that's the key. That's the Finkelstein approach, right? No, that's what it is. No, no, it's the Finkelstein approach. That Beit Shammai were the wealthy. They, you can have it today because God willing, you have something tomorrow. But Hillel was, I don't know what I'm going to have tomorrow. I'm going to save it for Shabbos. Okay, so this is, why is this here? <coughs> Because you know, because we've had beitza on the top. This has got nothing to do with anything we're talking about, which is not, of course, unusual for the Talmud. But um, under these kind of conditions, um, it, it has it here. So let's look at the iyunim below the page, where it says bracha chrona. Bracha chrona. Kamatamim nafnu madua barur yoter sheyeshu barek bracha. Okay, so there's a number of reasons that we say bracha, we've seen that you say the first blessing and not the latter blessing. Shivat mini. So maybe that we learn the blessing afterwards from the seven blessings, from the seven fruits which Israel is blessed with, 
which we've had before. Okay, so maybe the reason afterwards is because you're still, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling satiated, you're, you're feeling the sense of the food is in you and you're tasting it as such. But when you drink water, you don't continue to taste it. So maybe that's the bracha korna under these certain kind of conditions having to do with eat things that you eat. But water as such doesn't have the same... It may have an aftertaste, but not usual. Zamna de some suggest that the dikar means to remember. Why is he using that word when I remember? He's saying that you know what you can't, what what you um, you may forget to say the bracha over mayim because we drink water all the time, and therefore you can still say as you remember it, you can say that bracha and bracha korna together at the same time. And that's why the concept of when I remember. Okay, I still have the picture in my mind um, that when. Dr. Finkelstein, I came to the seminary just after Louis Finkelstein was no longer Chancellor of the seminary, and Gerson Cohen, the Shalom book to both of them, became the Chancellor. I got to know Dr. Cohen uh, even before I, I, I went into the seminary um, for my years. Um, and I, but the, uh, Finkelstein taught a course on Tfilah, and I was able to audit it. Now, Finkelstein at that point was rather old, and, and you know, he was already physically a little bit feeble, although he used to walk all the time on the streets of, uh, of Broadway uh, to go back and forth from his house. So I think he was on 110 Street, if I remember correctly. And I still remember, somebody said, Professor, can we get you some water? And, and I still, still see the picture of him stopping the lecture and drinking the water, saying the bracha and drinking the water. Still before. Okay, after you don't have to, definitely don't have to say it. And if you'll watch religious Jews when they sit when they do the when they even when they take water quietly they'll say the bracha okay watch maybe it'll get other people to do it too <laughs> yeah. how broad is the definition of water does that include coffee tea or, or are those in a separate category already yeah, you don't definitely don't have to say a bracha afterwards um, I, I've not seen anybody say bracha over coffee, but I suppose it, it is possible. You know, shakol, same as water, because there's clearly part of it is water as well. But, depends you know. whether you get medium roast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what you're ordering yeah. from Starbucks and God knows what's in it, you know, yeah. with lattes and this and all that and that kind of thing. But you would say shakol. No, that's another matter entirely. Right. If you just plain tea or plain coffee. Uh, yeah, no, you can say the bracha, definitely. 
Okay. Nishmor Chukav. Nishmor Chukav. Brachazu Nishmor Chukav. Nireh Shehaita Suk Shebracha Akrona Alham Mitzvot. That there seems to have been some sort of set of brachot afterwards when you did the mitzvot. This is one of them. Kasher Siyem Adam Et Asiyat. Asiyat. So even when you did other mitzvot that, that seemed to have been the custom, at least the Maharava in Israel, that they used to say a bracha afterwards. What bracha? I'm sorry? Let me say what bracha do you say? Just what it says here. Yishmar Kukar. Shevach. Praise that you were able to fulfill God's mitzvot. All right, let's look at Orca Halakha, Borene Fashot. Borene Fashot, Kol Shevirchato Harishona Shehakol, Bechain Perut, Perot, Perot Ha'ilan, Sheinam Meshivata Minim, Um Perot Ha'adama. Okay, so all those things when you say Shakol, things from the fruits, everything else, those things you say Bracha Afrona afterwards. Next page, next one. Birchat Hareach. Birchat Hareach. Ein Mevarchim Bracha Afrona Al Hareach. Okay, so you don't have to say, if you, if you smell something and you say, Okay, mean You don't have to say it afterwards. This one is, it will, uh, uh, to some extent, Larry will answer your question to the next one. No, okay. Matai. Matai mevarchim al mayim. If you're drinking water because you're thirsty, for instance, what did most of you do this morning? I hope you brushed your teeth. Right. Okay, and many of us rinse out our our mouths. That's you don't have to say the bracha then. You're not, okay? You're not really drinking it. Okay? But if you need to swallow water in order to swallow some food, something's hot, right? You don't have to say Only if you're drinking it, let's so oh. If you're drinking it because you're thirsty, and it's going to fulfill that part of it. Of it, okay? Right, right. When you take your medicine or something, you don't have to do that. Okay, but if you're drinking it because you're actually thirsty, then you really have to thank God because you have something to drink to conquer that thirst. Okay? Do you want to stop? You want to stop here? Tell me your time. Okay, sure. That's a good place. That's a good place. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll stop here. We will pick up next week. We will pick up next week and we will finish. Okay, so uh, the plan next week is to do, it, some of it has to do with, um, uh, with, with medicine and health issues. And part of it, as I say, at the end will deal with, I think, a very important phrase that I want to spend a little bit of time on too. Okay? I'll hand over the morning now. Okay, thank you, Rabbi.